Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and on social media. Welcome to episode 214 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. And I am joined again once I am joined once again by my good friend Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the semester has begun. <laughs> Yes, I think both of us are a little run down, but that's okay because we're going to be talking about Shen Chi today, and uh, and I like I saw the movie yesterday and immediately messaged Ray and was like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to talk about this tomorrow!" Holy hell! Yeah, <laughs> what a what a cool feeling um, walking out of an epic Marvel movie again, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, like- it's kind of a like. And honestly, I was, I felt the most normal when I was sitting there watching everybody leave while I'm like, there's a second trailer or a second <laughs> stinger, guys. I don't know what you guys are all doing. I don't know where y'all going, but like, uh, it hasn't been that long. You got to remember there's a second stinger. <laughs> the world is healing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. Um, it was really nice sort of seeing, seeing a, a new Marvel movie and thinking, I didn't know they could do that. um yeah how how you been man how's how's your week been since we last spoke um it's been good it's been busy i finally cast my first in-person show this this year so and we're on a trajectory to to do a live theater event of some sort this year whoa yeah i hope we're allowed to we'll see it's cast Um, already yeah, it's all cast. And I actually had some, I was, <laughs> anybody who's ever directed a show or been involved with a show from the very beginning knows that the scariest part is is like the moments after your first day of auditions when you do not have the right people to cast the show. <laughs> and you're like, oh God. And so, of course, I have no boys and I'm sending the girls out and I'm like, I don't care who you have to conk on the head and drag back here, like mm-hmm. make it happen. Mm-hmm. So the, at the zero hour, like two seconds after auditions start, uh, the the president of my drama club or theater club comes in with two guys that are like perfect. And at that point I was kind of like, I don't care if they can act. <laughs> I just need males <laughs> to fill the roles. And then they auditioned and it's like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> nice. So that's, that's what a lot of my week was, was trying to get auditions done and fixed and figured out. And, wow. and so we are, I, I'm taking a big, a big uh, risk because there is, uh, I'm doing Midsummer Night's Dream. And one of the main characters, if not the main character, is Puck, who's like little impish mm-hmm. narrator of the whole thing. And I'm giving it to a freshman because he's the only one that had the right energy for the character. Mm. And he's the only one who made me laugh like the entire audition process, like mm-hmm. laugh out loud. So I'm like, I hope I am not making a mistake by casting this freshman in a very, very, very important part. But What's- is that is that generally like you try to avoid that and and if so why? Um, not specifically try to avoid casting freshmen. I mean, Lord knows I've had freshmen audition and gone, oh my god, you're brilliant. Yes, take all the parts. Mm. Um, 
and I, that's happened on many many occasions but th- that was not what this was <laughs> this wasn't this wasn't looking at this kid going you're going great places my friend this was like okay you know what you made me laugh and you're the only person who has the energy for it yeah i don't know that you can pull this off um part of the reason why older class upperclassmen get cast in bigger roles usually is because the director knows them now they've worked with them before and they know what they can get out of them so even if they have like a mediocre audition you can you know what they could do so you're like i know i can trust them to fill this part yeah Uh, um i don't i don't have that for anybody (laughs) because this is my first year with most of these kids but um but certainly a freshman i'm like i don't know i don't know (laughs) i don't know I'm like we'll nervous see. for these kids right now. I hope I hope they all do really great. Oh, you know what? And at the end of the day, like as long as they do the work um, to get up there, I'm not going to let them look bad. Like if we need to cut things or rearrange things or put it into regular English, like oh, we've awesome. got we got leeway. So I'm not going to let them fail up there. And let, as long as they do their job, I mean, <laughs> I have I have let kids go and do Shakespeare completely unready. <laughs> because it's like, well, you just didn't do what you needed to do. I'm not going to stop the entire production because you can't get your act together. Yes. <laughs> and then they proceed to skip the scene that leads into intermission, causing the audience to sit through an hour and a half of terrible Shakespeare. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. That's great. I like that tactic. <laughs> I appreciate so, that I, tactic. I, I, I really, like, I almost got up at the end of the, the show and apologized because they, they did. They skipped the 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 last scene in act two and went right into the first scene or the, the last scene in act <laughs> one and went right into the first scene of act two. And I was like, Oh, well this, this group's not going to get out of oh, here oh, with an intermission at all. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So has your whole week been prepping for this show? Have you gotten any geeky stuff in? I mean, I, I really haven't. I barely got what if episode four in. I was going to say, I kind of want to talk to you about that because that, <laughs> that's, that's been almost my only geeky stuff this week. Um, we're, we're deep into, we're almost finished with season one of daredevil, okay, um, cool. which it's thankfully hitting its stride. It, you know, this is my first rewatch of it. And uh, this is Rosie's first watch and, and basically her, her introduction to the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really fun to, you know, see her, towards the end of the season realize, Oh wait, he's getting a suit. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, the show really starts pretty slow. The first couple of episodes are really kind of taking their time to get there. And, right. and I kind of had to keep reassuring her. Like it, it comes together. It, it stuff starts happening. And then eventually it does. And it's hitting I mean, it's just hitting its stride, like around episode six, seven, eight. Um, and then it does, I'm realizing that it's doing something that you've actually called out before. I, I never was aware that television shows do this until you, I heard you start talking about it, which is they slow down the story at some point in order to stretch it out into a full season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I really wish they wouldn't do that. It's just, I, and honestly, I've got to say the the Google or the Google, the Disney Plus um, 
series, I feel like they don't do that. And if anything, they don't give themselves enough episodes to get through this story. That's, you know what? Wow, that's a great point. Yeah, because this is my first time actually watching a show and and being aware of it as it's happening. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, we're, you know, this season is 13 episodes. Uh, it was firing on all cylinders for the last five episodes. We're now in episode 11 and nothing happened in that episode. What the hell? Like, what are they doing? You know, why, yeah. why are they? So, um, but it's, it's really been enjoyable. I can't wait for her to get to season two with Electra and all the ninjas and see what she thinks. And, and with Punisher, of course, um, it was also really fun to turn to her and say, you know, cause she's, she's like, at this point, she's like, oh my God, how many cool characters does Marvel have? Like, Daredevil is, right. a, is a, what an amazing setup. What an amazing origin, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, and she's like, how come I've never heard of this character before? And I'm like, you know, they made a Daredevil movie in 2003. Oh, oh don't do that to her. <laughs> she's like, no, they did not. Why isn't he as big as Spider-Man? What, what, what is this movie? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to watch the trailer. Guess who played Daredevil? <laughs> Oh no, Ben Affleck, and she's like, "What? <laughs> oh no!" <laughs> so we watched the trailer for that last night. Oh my god, god, that yeah, so bad, <laughs> it so bad. It was. So- Did you ever watch the director cut? I've heard people say that the director cut was better, but I didn't bother because why? Yeah, why? I don't want more of that. Um, yeah. So, so that's pretty much. Other than what if? That's that's all we've really done. Um because my semester is underway. So, oh my God, Joe, the, the way, <laughs> the, the way, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm speaking to someone who knows mm-hmm. first week, first day, it's like, you're in a fast moving river, <laughs> like all at once. It feels like normally, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know why I would expect it to sort of like gradually <laughs> build up to a heavy workload, but instead it just, the last couple of semesters I felt like, you know, as soon as it, the first week is here, we're off and running and I have right. too, too much on my plate. <laughs> no, I, I completely get it. So that's been my experience this week. So I'm like, oh shit. Like <laughs> all right, I, I've somehow now, you know, after this summer, I didn't realize the summer was easy <laughs> by comparison because now I have to carve out several hours, you know, to, to write papers and to read chapters and to, you know, produce things on a weekly basis for this, uh, this MFA program. Thankfully I'm almost done. This is my second to last semester, but um, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad I got to squeeze in what if, um, which I don't know if you're ready to talk about what if, but, uh, you said you saw it, right? Yeah, I did. I did. I think we've got an answer as to uh, what's going on with Doctor Strange in the um, No Way Home trailers. Right. So, uh, spoilers for the latest episode of What If, if you haven't seen it yet, maybe you want to skip to our Shang-Chi review. But I wanted to talk to you about it because I'm seeing people say or guess that this might be the version of Doctor Strange that we're seeing in the in the No Way Home trailer. Yeah, it would make sense. That would, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and I mean, I really liked this episode, actually. This is probably one of, if not my favorite episodes so far in, in this season. What, what did you think? 
Um, I didn't love it, and it's not because of like I don't know. I just thought it was a little bit. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't resonate with this one at all. I it, was, okay. it felt like it was. Uh, we have to put this in here because this is going to be a plot device later. Episode. Oh, I thought like cool. I love the grim ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stakes felt, I don't know, like more uh, realistic or more grounded and more serious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt a little more self-contained and didn't feel sprawling like some of the other stories, which I mean, those can be fun. But I feel like for me, at a certain point, you know, when Thanos shows up as comedy relief, it's just hard for me to, like, stay with it, you know? Right. No, I get that. Um, But uh, one thing that had me guessing was, wait, so why is Christine dying suddenly a Nexus event when that's not the case in as as far as the the Doctor Strange origin story that we know from the movie, because it's a Nexus event for that universe, right? It yeah, that took me a while. This fucking time travel shit, man. Like, <laughs> uh, because that Doctor Strange had gotten his powers or, or or had become the Sorcerer Supreme as a result of Christine dying, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So him going back in time, he could never undo that or else he would basically be negating his own existence. Right. Right. Okay. That's took me a minute to kind of <laughs> absorb that. And I was like, oh, wow. And then I just thought, oh, God, like, is this what phase four is going to be like? <laughs> like, <laughs> like? Just trying to figure out this like Nexus multiverse, like, you know, um, um, a variant stuff all the time. I hope not. I, I would agree. Like, I'm not. I'm not loving the idea that that this Doctor Strange might be the Doctor Strange that we see in No Way Home. Like, if, for me, it kind of feels like it. It really puts a requirement for you to watch the Disney Plus series, and I don't have a problem with that because you and I we love this stuff and we can't mm. get enough of it. Mm. But I don't want to get into a point where it's like we've we've talked about how wonderful it is that the movies are kind of like comics where you kind of can follow the story. Yeah, but I don't want to start getting it to be where like if you can't get to watch like the Disney plus stuff, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be able to follow the movies. Right. Right. And so that's a little bit of a concern for me. It's like, well, are they going to actually do it in a way that allows you to watch the movie and know what's going on? Or are you going to be at a big loss if you haven't watched? What if, do you anticipate that you'll be sitting with Matt at the beginning of the next Spider-Man movie going, no, no, this Doctor Strange is not like, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. do you think you, you'll be, because that seems kind of messy and unnecessary. Yeah, it does. It seems like it's going to be, well, yeah, he's not going to have the slightest idea what's going on. I mean, he doesn't have the slightest idea what's going on um, with the movies now. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're driving home and he, like, we brought up, um, we were driving home from the movie and I brought up that I know it's not a big thing for him, but I'm very excited about, you know, the question that's brought up at the very um, end in the first teaser or the first stinger. Um, what, what happened? Why is Bruce Banner Bruce Banner again? Mm. And, and 
he said, well, yeah, and why was his hand in a sling? And I was like, oh, well, his hand is in a sling because he did the snap and it, it, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it hurt him. And he's like, oh, you can't, you can't use the Infinity Stones without getting hurt? And I said, that's how Iron Man died. And he goes, Iron Man died? I'm like, where are you when we're watching these movies? Like, what planet are what what dimension of reality are you on when we're watching these movies? That's great. It's random access memory, man. Okay. Yeah, when, he, when he, you close it, and, it's gone. And, and he really does. He just like he like he he I think he tunes out and goes away when we watch these movies and very rarely comes back. <laughs> Oh my god, that's that's hilarious to me, and also that would drive me nuts. <laughs> it, oh, I was I, I was aggravated at him for the rest of the day. Like I was just like, like this is not hard. This is not rocket science. All you have to do is pay attention for a couple hours, and that's right. it. <laughs> you don't have to remember phone numbers and birthdays anymore, man. Right, <laughs> just exactly. just delete that stuff to make room for this stuff. This is the there, important there's, stuff. <laughs> there's so much more room and so much less work you have to do. Like. <laughs> Just stick with me. There's one oh, thing man. I obsess about. So, <laughs> Be involved in the one thing. So I take it he's not watching What If with you. Oh God, no! Not only is it not only does he not care about the the the, the Disney Plus stuff, but he very much feels like well, he doesn't like animation. He doesn't like cartoons. Mm. It bothers him. So he like trying to get him to sit down and watch a cartoon is is infuriating <laughs> well i thought they did a better job in the animation this episode i really liked it yeah the animation was really good the animation i really was really good and i i really like okay so my favorite like my moment of giddiness of mm-hmm. like comic book giddiness is when dark dr strange mm-hmm. starts using powers and they use that black bubble effect yes that is like very 90s well, yes. I guess it's been it's been it's been around for a very long time, but I feel like they really used it a lot in the nineties. Yeah. I love that too. I was just gonna say I love the way they the animation uh interpreted his powers. Mm-hmm. That makes me think of like a Kirby crackle effect. Yes, it's a definitely a Kirby crackle. And I fucking I, I also geeked out when I saw that. And the way uh he would take the form of the different demons when he was using their power set or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh and the way they all sort of in a really fucking creepy way would like occupy his shadow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was mm-hmm. really cool. Um yeah, it it this episode also really reinforced to me the idea that they are using Doctor Strange as a linchpin going forward. In the absence of, you know, Tony Stark. Well, especially because, I mean, well, we'll talk about, we'll talk about the Shang-Chi comparisons later. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also thought it was pretty brutal to just have Christine die over and over again. Yeah. I'm like, wow, okay, they're really going for it in this episode. <laughs> like, there's a lot of death. That was, yeah, it was I dark. Thought, yeah, I thought, I thought last episode was dark with all the Avengers dying, but this one was pretty dark, too. Yeah, and I think it's very interesting that you said you didn't like the, um, like, this is your favorite because it was so self-contained. And I think that's why it was not my favorite, because it was just like, it's just dealing with this character. Yeah. And yeah. and I'm all about the, well, the, I've always been, I've always been about, let's let's heal with the wider 
What's the macro event that this causes, not the micro events? Where do you think Doctor Evil Doctor Strange ends up at the end? Where is he? Uh, well, my assumption was is he's what's in the he's he's protected himself from the end of the universe, so he's literally in a little bubble of reality and existence, oh. in a vast, a vast land of nothingness. Like okay. the universe has been destroyed, and he's he's protected himself from oblivion but he's not like there's nowhere to go except the next movie (laughs) oh i figured that since since the universe was destroyed or his his you know and correct me if i'm wrong marvel is using universe and um reality or timeline interchangeably right yes Okay, so if that universe ended, that timeline ended, basically. Yes. So my thinking was, is he going to end up with Kang at the end of time because he's the last person in that timeline? Um, I don't think so because I think Kang's at the end of the sacred timeline. Oh, got it. Got it. Okay, and this is just one of the multiverses. So, okay. Yeah. Hmm. This shit, man. All right. It's going to have to come with some kind of glossary or explainer or something. Yeah. As, as Dr. Who says, this timey wimey stuff is a, a little bit intense. <laughs> Didn't Marvel used to put out issues of like, basically like character breakdowns or like explanations? Well, they started, I know, I think it started in the late nineties, early aughts that um, they would put like a character like last time on, Right. Um, spread at the very beginning, and right. then um, you know they would an- they they always have answered questions in like the questions page at the end. You know what we need, Joe? What we need a new Marvel card set for the MCU. Oh, we so do. I bet there's there's got to be one out there. If I mean, if there is, I I kind of want to see it. To the Magic Eight Ball, <laughs> <laughs> because because how cool, right? Like you could have, it, they don't have to be illustrations; they can be photos of the actual actors playing the characters, and then you could have all the info on the back. Mm-hmm. Is there an MCU card set that exists? I don't think there is. I feel like we would have heard about it. Well, there's a Marvel MCU trading card set on eBay. What? Oh God. That's gonna these look like the old ones that these are the old ones. Like you're just putting MCU in your thing because you want oh, fucking eBay. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe 10th anniversary trading cards box. Oh yeah. Yeah. 2019, yeah 2019 upper deck Marvel studios. First 10 years celebrates a decade of the MCU in trading card form. Yeah, They're that there. makes sense. Am I am I gonna am I gonna have to buy new plastic sheets to hold my trading cards? I'm not. I I don't know what to do with the ones I have. So, <laughs> oh, you still have those? That's great. Oh yeah, no, I still have those. They were they were at my. I, I made a whole project. I used them as an example for an entire project at school my wow. last couple of years. Oh, that's right. Teacher. That's it. Right. Was so cool. It was a great. I was very happy with that project. <laughs> Uh, finally, they they became useful. They- 
<laughs> they were always useful to me, Ray. They I learned off. a lot about the Marvel Universe from there because they had to fill it in with characters that nobody heard about or cared about. And so that's how I – that's one of the many ways I got my vast knowledge of the Marvel Universe. All those Chris Claremont characters that only appeared in one issue of X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm not going to lie. If I had ever stumbled across those – uh, while subbing for you one day in your classroom, I, I would have lost my shit. I would have been so happy. Oh, I would like, I should have just left them out for you. If I had thought <laughs> yeah. about it, I would have just left them for you. Oh man. Cool. Well, I'm just saying, you know, at the rate that we're going with what if, and the variants and the timelines, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing how quickly the Marvel universe is expanding. Yeah. They, they've, because I feel like the infinity saga was very, purposely let's introduce everybody and lead to Endgame. right right and now it's like all right we're just like like we've got we've got the 10 rings we've got um the whole nexus character with wanda we've got um the dark avengers or thunderbolts or whatever that nonsense is going to end up being we've got the we've young got avengers the young avengers that are obviously being brought in we've got the um the scrolls we've got oh god the scrolls i forgot yeah. about that well you always forget about the scrolls i think that's the that's the the beauty of the <laughs> scrolls is we forget they're there and all of a sudden somebody's turning into a scroll and you're like oh yeah those guys so that's what i thought was gonna be the like not oh is he a variant my i thought I anticipated it was going to be, oh, is he a scroll? You know, and they're totally like sidelined at this point. Yeah. Well, we've got the Marvels coming up. That's a possibility. And then we also have Secret Invasion coming up. Right. But now everybody is talking about, well, this is all stuff we should probably be talking about in the second half because a lot of it bounces off of uh, Shang-Chi. All right. Well, let's do that, man. I'm ready. Um yeah, I wanted to, to make sure we got we talked about this week's episode of What If because they're coming really quickly every week. It seems like oh, there's a new episode. We need to watch it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's. I'm super excited to talk to you about Shang Chi. So let's dive in. All right, so we're going to jump into our commercial, and we'll be right back. When toxic culture has you down, when you're just looking to laugh and have fun, kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies! K-pop! Disney Plus! Keanu! Keanu Reeves! New! Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we're back, and today we're talking about Shang-Chi. That's right. So, um, <laughs> I kind of said, again, trying to describe life to uh, Matt, I was explaining to him that this is basically the first movie in phase four, because we're not counting Black Widow for many, many reasons. Mm, okay, so then- at least, at least that's how I'm looking at it. 
Right, because if you watch them in chronological order, which is the popular way to to go with Marvel movies these days, then Black Widow movie is firmly in a previous phase. Yeah, and although it um, it introduces Yelena, who I believe is going to be very um, phase four forward, um, and it's chronologically the first appearance of Val. Um, I'm still I'm still lumping it in phase three. Yeah, this what a way to open phase four. Good lord. Yeah, yeah. This is such a good movie. Like I had so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Same. I I love this movie. <laughs> I uh, w- we went to uh, an early matinee, basically the earliest showing we could find, mm-hmm. uh, which was a ten thirty a.m. Uh, showing nice yeah and uh we're a little nervous you know we we masked up obviously we um chose seat it, it looked when we were buying seats when we were choosing our seats it looked like everyone was sort of consciously trying to spread out even just from looking at which seats were already purchased <laughs> right right so uh you know we followed suit we're like oh there's two seats in between these people we're not going to pick those seats we're going to pick some seats somewhere else right and so we did that, and uh, we went in and sat down. And of course, right before the movie starts, two people come and sit right next to us. <laughs> of course, <laughs> we're like, read the room. Um, <laughs> but thankfully, it was already sort of spread out because it was one of those like cozy seat theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, immediately, immediately, you get that feeling that you're in good hands, right? <laughs> And I had seen someone mention that it almost doesn't even like it doesn't have to be an MCU movie. And I agree with that. I'm watching this movie. I'm thinking, is this in there? like this is just a good movie. Like it's not right. even you know what I mean? It doesn't it didn't feel like it had a lot of the Marvel trappings that we're used to. And I and I had a, I was a little worried it was going to be so disconnected that it wasn't going to feel like a Marvel movie. Mm. And then when they're sitting talking to their friends at, over drinks, and they say we live in a world where half the universe can just disappear or half the population can just disappear. Yeah, I was like, okay, so there, you know, we're we're establishing this back in our reality. Right. Right. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> how did your joy evolve over the your screening of this? When did you watch um, it? By the way, when did you catch up? With I just watched it uh, yesterday. Oh, that's yesterday right. Yesterday evening, we went to a three forty five showing. Okay. Um, and and I just like Matt enjoyed it. He like you know he enjoyed it, and I'm sure forgot absolutely everything about it after we left the theater. <laughs> um, but I I loved the. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead and say one big thing that I absolutely appreciate about this movie and that I hope everybody else appreciates too is that um, Shang-Chi and, and Katie never kiss. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like like they establish early on that they're just friends and they're good friends and they care about each other. But mm-hmm. just because it's a, a, a man and a woman in lead roles mm-hmm. does not mean they have to fall in love with one another. Right. And that made me so happy because I feel like you never get that. Right. And, and they clearly love each other. Yes, but not romantically. And that's okay. Right. right. So like, so that was the first thing is that, you know, I, I enjoyed that there wasn't a sappy, are they going to get together in the end um, 
storyline. Like what, it was about two friends going on an adventure together. What's funny is that I've seen people say, oh, I'm so glad they're taking their time with this romance and, you know, they'll probably get together by the third movie and they're going to draw it out. And I'm like, wow, just let it be what it is, man. Like, yeah. Like, just let it be. Let them be friends. <laughs> like, this is important. It is important for young men out there to see that they can be friends with a woman and it doesn't have to become romantic. Yeah. So that was like one of the things that I just absolutely love because Aquafina is amazing. Yeah. And um, I'm very excited that she's going to be a superhero that we don't know yet. I got to say, you know, um, I feel like there are reasons to not like Aquafina. And I'm aware of those reasons, very aware. Uh, and I was worried that that was going to distract my me from enjoying fully the movie. Um, but I don't know if I want to go as far as saying despite myself, uh, but she's very watchable. She's she very, you know, despite her use of a black scent in the, in her past and despite, you know, her um, sort of appropriating and, and exploiting, you know, black culture um, and not ever really addressing it or, you know, like actually like acknowledging it and sort of calling herself out for it, uh, which mm-hmm. people, people have been asking her to do for a long time. Uh, and for and you know a lot of people do not want to watch this movie because because she's in it. Um, I went in thinking like, oh man, like I hope I can you know just sort of watch this movie and enjoy it for what it is. And she's just, I can see why she keeps getting cast. I, she's she's very watchable on screen. Um, she it seems like she in what I've seen her in, she has easy chemistry with the people around her with her co-stars. And I think I mean, I, I, I couldn't know for sure, but it feels to me like she's one of those those actors that does a lot of the legwork <laughs> to create yes. the chemistry for the people around her. And it would make sense why she keeps getting cast because she she helps the flow of the of the story and, and the scenes. Well, and my understanding is, is she's actually just very nice to work with like mm. she's very easy going and easy to work with that and helps that makes a big well i mean it makes a big difference it's like if you're talented if you're a joy to work with mm-hmm. people are going to want to continue to work with you mm-hmm. and so i i had i had heard a little bit back in the day about that but is that like did she grow up around that or was it really just um uh, an affect that she puts on. She tried to claim that she grew up around that, and that was swiftly debunked. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes, it was fully a character, and I think she added to the animosity surrounding that not only by not addressing it, but when she was in a quote unquote serious movie, uh, um, she didn't go by Aquafina. She went by her real name, and she completely changed her mannerisms and the way she spoke and everything. And so, you know, that obviously caused people to question, well, then what, what, is, what are you doing here? Like what, you know, what was the purpose of that? And mm-hmm. now that you are landing roles, you know, you cast it off. So wait, like, it, was that authentic? And they did some digging. Obviously it wasn't authentic, you know, she did. And, and so, I mean, it's still very much a thing. Like mm-hmm, my, mm-hmm. my timeline is more full of, you know, uh, why, you know, she, why is she there? Like I mm. wanted to watch this movie then. Oh, yay. You know, like we're going to get to see Aquafina do her thing again. So I was a little bit concerned about that. And look, it, we're in a, we're in a weird time because I think that 
accountability is super important. Um, right. And the pendulum is obviously swinging that way. Uh, mm-hmm. And then also we just, Everything, you know, people are problematic. People are, you know, have faults. Uh, uh, ideally, we're all in some process of evolution and growing and learning from our mistakes or whatnot. But we're also right. continuing to make mistakes. Right. And so, you know, we never thought about that in going to see Top Gun or whatever with Tom Cruise in it or going to see Back to the Future. With, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. That was not the PR machine had full control. And now that celebrities, I think, are also participating in being more visible. So it's not just, you know, people wanting to soup into their lives. Like, celebrities are offering this information out there. Yeah. Uh, And so when you can see, you know, where someone maybe still has some growth to do or, you know, maybe has an opinion on something or... or, um, you know, is doing something that maybe is not going to be seen as, as a good idea a, a couple years from now. Um, I think we as an audience really have a lot more to parse when it comes to, you know, sitting down and enjoying the, the final product. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't follow her all that much because I gotta be honest. I don't follow a lot of the, I don't know. I want to say the TMZ type stuff for the background. Like I, I, I follow the story of the shows mm-hmm. and unless something huge comes out that, you know, somebody gets canceled for, I, I don't necessarily catch up on it. So I wasn't completely aware that that was a thing, but yeah, now that I yeah. know I, I, I can totally see why. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't want this. I wouldn't want this to overshadow. It doesn't overshadow my feelings of, sh- of the movie itself no. but it is i feel like it's an important thing to like have in mind you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um because i will nevertheless fully gush on this movie yes. <laughs> because it's fucking amazing and it, it, to me it's amazing what they pulled off because this story i don't know joe i feel like Rosie and I were kind of like, is Marvel Marvel's getting better at what they're doing here? Like they're yeah, they really are. They're learning from their their mistakes from earlier phases. Like, oh, that origin was bogged down by this. So let's not do that here. Let's find a better way to kind of hit the same marks. And they're doing it. Yeah. That's absolutely. the most mind-blowing thing for me walking out of this movie. Um so I have to talk about the Ten Rings. Can we yes. talk about the Ten Rings? Hell so yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you were not, if this is the only introduction you have to Shang Chi, and if the Ten Rings, the only idea you have is the the um, you know I I Iron Man references um, in the comic books. The Mandarin, who was played by uh, Ben Kingsley in Iron Man 3, and in this movie, uh, is playing a character known as the Mandarin. In comics, the Mandarin is a very problematic representation of an Asian man. Yes. And he has these ten rings that are of alien origin. and well, supposedly. He's an Iron Man villain, right? He is an Iron Man villain. And that comes from Iron Man's overall storyline throughout the 80s of all his villains were like these red scare, stereotypical racist 
you know, characters, yeah. uh, you know, basically um, uh, representing communism <laughs> throughout yeah, exactly. the world. <laughs> yeah. And so he is, uh, so the Mandarin. the Mandarin has these 10 rings and they are supposedly these alien in origin rings that hold the souls of ancient warrior and each one has a special power. And they're just finger rings, just well, like just finger rings. What I heard was they were the 10 rings. Yes, they were alien. He found them in a crashed spaceship yeah. and that the rings were used to navigate the spaceship. Oh, that I hadn't heard. And also, this is what I what I read, that Fing Fang Foom is is a survivor of that alien crash. That, that oh, spaceship. yes. That I also did not know. That's what I heard uh, or that I, that I read when I was researching this last night. Cause you, you are getting into Joe's like outer limits of comic book knowledge with Chi. I got it. I got to say this is all, <laughs> all news to me. These are all deep cuts. <laughs> yes. So, so if in the movie, the Ted rings are not um, finger rings, they are these, bracelets that are actually used in um, martial arts training to strengthen the arms. Oh. And they are actually used as, like, they're basically like weights for you to strengthen your arms with. And the reason why they switched to that, which I am sorry, I think is currently the coolest superpower in the Marvel Universe right now. Yeah, Like, those things are fucking awesome. Yes. Um, They decided that 10 rings that all have their own unique individual abilities sounded a little too much like the infinity stones, which all had their own unique abilities and then brought together. They are amazing. And so I forget who it was. I think it was the director who said something like we're over um, knuckle jewelry as weapons. (laughs) And so that is why they switched from the 10 rings on the fingers to these really cool, um, iron rings around the wrists because they are by far the coolest A weapon and coolest B power in all of the Marvel Universe right now. Well, I thought it was, I mean, when when the first Iron Man movie came out and, and mm-hmm. having knowledge of, of the character and the character's stories and, and history in the comics, I thought it was a really smart way to get rid of the racist stereotype Mandarin character, mm-hmm. but keep the concept of the 10 rings by calling the, the group that kidnaps him, the 10 rings. Right. I thought, wow, that's a really smart way to sort of adapt that they're called the 10 rings. Maybe at some point we will see the 10 rings, but we already know at least, you know, those of us comic book nerds knew what that was in reference to. And I thought if this movie's successful and they make more, this guy could be could you know, especially the way Obadiah Stane does him, <laughs> mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. before the end of the movie, this guy could come back to be a a new version of this Mandarin character, right? Right, right. Um, so I thought that was really smart. And then Iron Man three is one of I mean, I've I'm on record already, it's one of my favorite MCU movies. It's in my top five. And mm-hmm. um I thought that that was brilliant to me. I, I was really concerned that they were moving forward with this Mandarin character. And Joe, the way I leapt for joy in the theater when we got the twist, I know a lot of people are not a fan of the twist because they, a, a lot of people love the Mandarin character, I guess, or think, you know, we got to adhere to the, 
the comic books and respect that the origin or, or the the source material. I, uh, you, we all know where I fall on that. You know, right. sometimes, sometimes comic book source material is great, and sometimes it's racist and trash, and you need to just get rid of it, right? Well, and I mean, and and in the comics, to be fair, Marvel has kind of steered the Mandarin problematic character into a little bit more of what when Wu was. And I like, get that, yeah. Yeah, and so they, you know, they they did try and go. All right, well, it makes sense for like let's let's try and just ignore the fact that this is just like really <laughs> bad, um, really bad stereotyping, and try and actually save this character and make him somebody that we can actually use. Hey, man, look, I'm I'm all in favor of taking a box of mac and cheese, a blue box of mac and cheese and adding some hot sliced up hot dogs, some parsley and, you know, (laughs) but at the end of the day, it's still, you know, some things cannot be leveled up just based on, on what they actually are at their foundation. Yeah. You can't, you can't just erase the fact (laughs) that you have these depictions, these really bad depictions. (laughs) So I, I, so credit to Marvel for trying to, you know, salvage the character and, and steer it in, you know, in a, in a better direction. But uh, when they, you know, when Shane Black's twist in Iron Man 3 was to just say, yeah, this is, of course, a racist, <laughs> fear-mongering stereotype of a character, I was like, yes, that actually nods to what the problem with the original character itself. So right. I loved it. Um, and and honestly, this movie even continues for me in the right direction in terms of handling that character where they barely even, you know, he makes a joke of the name itself and says, I was never even really went by that name. So let's just get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's named the character after a chicken dish. (laughs) Yeah. So great. And then what America was afraid of a color, which is like beautiful, like beautiful dialogue there. Um, and the rings itself, you know, it never dawned on me what they were meant to represent. And that makes sense. I've seen those rings used in martial arts training mm-hmm. and I didn't make the connection, but it's a really smart way to go. Um, theory time, Joe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where are these rings from? I don't know. I feel like this is going into areas. Uh, either it's going to be like, oh my God, how obvious was that? Or it's going to be like, I don't even remember that thing existing because right. cosmic cosmic marvel is not my not my place and nor nor is exceedingly mystical marvel like right. i am very much the red white and blue fork or you know primary <laughs> color superhero like that's where that's where yeah. my knowledge lies yeah, shit got weird at Marvel in the '80s with the cosmic stuff. <laughs> it really did. It really, really did. I mean, the like Eternals. I I know the Eternals because I went back and researched the Eternals. Like I didn't mm-hmm. know that going into preview. Because honestly, I'm looking at them like with the little I know about the Eternals. It's like how in the hell they can make a movie out of this. That's how we felt about Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Right, but <laughs> but that was because it was such a a unknown property that I feel like with them, it was, I'm sure they'll do something fun. It's a weird choice, but okay. Mm -hmm. But Eternals is like a whole different race with a whole different background with all Mm -hmm. like, like you're getting into deep cuts with the Eternals and you're going to have them drive a movie. Well, 
I've, I've so far, I've clocked two different theories about the rings. And one of them is that the Eternals are the source of the rings somehow, that it's going to tie into the Eternals. Which would make sense. Right. Uh, Celestials, Eternal technology or whatnot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which, what if, speaking to the, the history of the rings in the comics... And that they were used to navigate a alien spaceship. What if these rings were used to navigate the Eternal ship? Yeah, I do think it's very possible that it is going to have um, some sort of connection to the Celestials. Mm -hmm. But I've heard that it's not leading to the Eternals movie Mm. because for for two reasons this movie takes place after the eternals movie everybody thinks okay this movie takes place um after uh falcon and the winter soldier but before spider-man far from home um or or at the very least at the same they they said i think at the same time as spider-man far from home hmm. like within the same summer okay um and so they say the Eternals movie takes place the seven days immediately after Endgame. Right, right. Um, so the other theory that I ca- I've come across with in, in regards to the origins of the ring, mm-hmm. the rings, and, and I really like this one, um, is the reason why no one, including Captain Marvel, Banner, obviously, um, Wong, no one knows or has seen or heard of anything like these rings before is because they haven't been created yet because they're from the future. Oh, and that leads to Kang. Oh, because Kang does come back in time and rules in ancient Egypt. At one point in the story, they're thinking that that's going to be a thing in the movies. Oh, cool. I love that. (laughs) That, Brilliant. Right. Yeah, and and what everyone seems to agree on is we don't really know what the purpose of the rings are yet. Their true function hasn't been seen. We know what Wenwu used them for, mm-hmm. but you know he used them to amass power, and you know he's doing these these fighting moves with them. But as we saw with Shang Chi and with with his his mother using them, they can be used in different ways, right? So we don't know what their true function is yet. That's that's cool. I like that idea because I was like, I, f- I feel currently like there's there's two different – well, I don't even know if it's two different paths. But I feel like there is the Wanda mystical dimensional path that is not exactly the same as the Loki time variant path. Mm. that's leading to Kang. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering how they're going to come together. They and are going to come together. They are going to come together. It's just kind of like how, and maybe this is it. Maybe to, it's. Yeah. To me, that's yeah. all one path. There's that path. And then there's the street level path. I think Marvel has a cosmic storyline happening right now and a street level storyline. And that's where we're going to continue to get, you know, the, the more grounded characters, you know, the dark Avengers, the young Avengers, all that stuff is happening on the ground level. And then we're getting the big cosmic stuff as well. 
We still don't have a, an Avengers 5 yet, do we? Like, they've no. not mentioned what that's going to be. No, but apparently Shang-Chi's the first event member of the next wave of the Avengers. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, well, let's let's go back a little bit. Um, so, they for a lot of people going into this movie, their expectation was, if Marvel gets nothing else right about this movie, the fight scenes better be spectacular. And holy shit. That bus <laughs> fight was amazing. Right? That's <laughs> I was like, wait, was the... F-? I mean, they were all awesome. But I'm, I walked out of the theater going, I think the first fight is still my favorite. Yeah, that was by far the best fight in the movie. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you agree with that. I thought it was a little odd for feeling that way because obviously as the story moves on the stakes get higher and higher which makes Mm -hmm. the fights more exciting but i think just just on on the the choreography alone that bus scene is epic it is very epic although i have to say i was like they had me sold during the the (laughs) kind of fable like oh god opening scene between uh his parents yes that was so beautiful. It yes. was so beautifully choreographed. Yes, that was amazing. That such amazing storytelling. Mm-hmm. You without any words, you see what's happening during the fight. Uh God, so great. Yeah, yeah. It was a. It was a. Like this movie is just good. And I gotta say, I Chinese mythology is not necessarily my go-to i don't a i don't have as much of a background in it and b it's it's never really been presented in a way that's interests me before and now i'm like okay what books can i read like yeah where can i get this information yeah because it was just presented in such a interesting way that it's like okay this this is something that i might want to learn a little bit more about like this is <laughs> Marvel also did this with something else. I'm trying to think of what else I was. Oh, the Norse mythology. I was like, North mm. Norse is okay. And then after I saw some of the, the Thor stuff, I'm like, I may need to learn a little bit more. about Norse. <laughs> Cause my stuff's always been Greek and Roman. And, yeah. and so like beyond that, I don't have a lot of, a lot of mythology experience. So the fight scenes in this film were choreographed by Brad Allen uh, who was a member of Jackie Chan's stunt team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he has worked on a bunch of films, including Scott Pilgrim and the Kingsman movies. And uh, sadly, he passed away um, not long after working on Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is one of his last movies that he worked wow. on. But, uh, of course, Jackie Chan's team would produce some amazing fight scenes oh, in this movie. Um, so yeah, that was something that I had to look up. Like who, <laughs> who was responsible for this fight choreography? Cause, oh my God, what are they, my thinking too is what are they going to do? I feel like they have Sh- Sh- Shang-Chi being who he is and being his, you know, his power set straight from the comics. His character is a, a Kung Fu master is a, a fighting character. They sort of set a bar here. And I don't expect them to go full on, you know, bus fight scene every time. But if he's set to appear in future Marvel movies that are not Shang-Chi movies, 
they've got to have an epic fight scene, right? Every time that he fights. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, the fact that he now has the rings mm. suggests, I, we never, we didn't put a spoiler warning on this, guys, but yeah, like, you should know by now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you should we're talking about, now. the first thing you said was we're talking about Shang-Chi. Like, there, that's, that's a spoiler warning. Um, so since he ends up with the, the, the 10 rings, it, it, like, that's because one my one of my questions is how is he going to hang with all the like the power level of the Avengers is steadily going up. Well, this is why I think they have a, a street level, you know, uh, story and a cosmic story going on. But do you think? I mean, I'm assuming those two things are going to have to connect at some point. Yeah. Oh man, how are they going to do that? Well, my theory is is that you're going to get the street level conflict. Which is going to lead? It's going to be Dark Avengers, which leads to the Thunderbolts, and then mm-hmm. when you get to the cosmic level, you're going to have all the Avengers and all of the Thunderbolts. So everybody that we're getting is a villain, you know, U.S. agent and mm-hmm. uh, um, Yelena and all that. Like they they will eventually come to the right side, <laughs> right. but. Um, and that that also mentions um, abomination. Like I think abomination is going to be the Hulk analog. Yeah, for let's, the Dark Avengers. Let's talk about that because that scene. Uh, I liked it. I was happy to see it to see those characters Wong and, and Abomination. I worried that maybe it was too left field for some people in the audience. I don't know. Um, what did you think? Do you think they did a good job of integrating that? No, <laughs> I was excited to see the characters, but there is absolutely no reference point for what Wong is doing there. None. Okay, but he's training him, which I thought was what the fuck, like, right, right. So, like, what? I- what's the deal? Yeah, why is Wong training Abomination? And also, it it's it was pointed out that when he opens the portal after their fight, and he's talking to him about his fighting technique, the portal is to the raft. Right. So he's like taking them back to lockup. So the abomination is being kept in, you know, some kind of secure location, but Wong is training, is taking them out to train him while he's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've, it's been confirmed that we're getting more, we're seeing the abomination uh, uh, in the She-Hulk series and we're getting more of him in it throughout phase four. So, probably going to end up in Val's Dark Avengers, right? Right. That's what my guess is. Yeah. Another thing is that uh, people were guessing from the trailer that that fight scene was going to take place in Madripoor. <laughs> which I right, 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 right. Um, but we did see, it wasn't it wasn't Madripoor, but we did see uh, a couple of Easter eggs. Uh, did you did you come across those Easter eggs of who was fighting in some of those cells? Yes. the um, One of the... Black Widows from the Black Widow movie. Yes. With one of the power brokered um, uh, aim aim glowy skin guys. Extremist soldier. Yeah. It's, from Iron yeah, Man 3. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that and I was giddy as fuck. Like right away. <laughs> like, Iron Man 3 callback. <laughs> and I almost want to say like I've got a I've got to look. I'm gonna I'm gonna magic ape ball real quick. I think that the sumo wrestler is supposed to be Mount Fuji. 
What? I think that's a. I a wondered. I wondered when I saw that sumo I was like, "Is that a character?" And I just thought, "Oh, maybe they just have people with different fighting styles." You know. I'm looking him up to see if he's the one that I think he is. Of course, there's no picture because he's that far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> My my guess would be that that character is supposed to be in some way Mount Fuji, hmm. who's just deep. like a really friggin' big, strong sumo wrestler guy. Deep cut. Yeah, he should have been fighting the Blob. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet. We're I not know. There yet. I know. I know. <laughs> um, I I did think that uh, you know as fantastic as Simu Lu was. Uh, as Shang-Chi, this almost felt like he was a co-lead of this movie with uh, Wenwu, with Tony Leung's, you know, uh, uh, Wenwu. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Um, go back a little bit. Uh, I said as as great as Simu Liu did uh, as, as Shang-Chi, I, this, this almost felt like a co-lead situation where it was yes. him and his father's movie. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, because and, they are like it is his like the father is the one who goes through the full story arc. Yeah, and I'm I'm not mad about that at all. Like I think but, it's a great choice. Uh, and I wonder, I wonder how much of that again is Marvel learning from you know what they've done in the past and what's worked and what could be improved. Um, I see a lot of people comparing this to Black Panther, which I can understand. Like, I'm not a huge fan of saying like, oh, these are the two diversity quota movies. So let's compare that, you know, but I do think that they're similar in terms of story structure, Um, you know, and I think that I really enjoyed the the third act of this movie. I love Black Panther, but I do feel like the story leaves some things to be desired. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, it had a huge cultural impact. That's still lasting. This movie's probably not gonna, you know, be uh, do that. But I feel like uh, the story overall, especially the third act, uh, really held up. Even though we get the CGI fest at the, at the end, I feel like that's at this point, I don't know, unavoidable. If, if you right. like, well, it's 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 hard to say we're gonna have a giant dragon um, fight a giant old god and mm-hmm. not use really strong. CGI like the, yeah the story would not complete with with practical I don't think at that right point. right but they did a good job of making the CGI matter mm-hmm. you know weaving it into the story that was that that we had been uh you know latching onto for the first two acts um but yeah I think that shang Chi's dad Wenwu um in the mold of like Killmonger, like Killmonger was actually a pretty sympathetic villain mm-hmm. <laughs> in Black mm-hmm. Panther, and he's he's always at the top of people's lists for best villains in the MCU. Yeah, um, and and in in that movie, you know they they had uh, Killmonger do a couple of really like fucked up things. I think to remind everyone that he was the villain. <laughs> Right. Uh, but they didn't, they, and it felt out of place at the time, to be honest. But I think that they realized they didn't have to do that with Wenwu. You know, he, he's, he, it's okay for him to be complex and for him to have complex motivations. 
Um, and you know, for to like you said, for us to see his arc happen before our eyes. Yeah. Well, he starts off as a villain and then becomes a not hero, but just he gives up that that life, but mm-hmm. then can't escape his past, and then you know has a sympathetic reason to become the villain at the end. So it, it's it's different than Killmonger in that you sympathize with the character's backstory and why they're where they are. And in this case, it's kind of like, well, you were a bad guy and then you tried not to be. Yep. And that didn't work out for you, dude. And he's a tragic figure by the end. Oh, very tragic. And, and, you know, you realize like all he, he's grieving and he doesn't, he's, he's unfortunately not been able to make it out of his grief. Right. And that is what's motive. That's what the, the fear Lords are taking advantage of and, you know, sort of beckoning him to, to this gate. Um, and that line from Shang-Chi at the end where he says, your family needs you. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, Joe, <laughs> that was like, it's like a parent that is struggling with their own grief and, you know, that, which is really human. And I think in some ways, just because you're a parent and you have responsibilities and you have children that are depending on you, doesn't mean you can just magically, you know, uh, compartmentalize your grief, you know, when you're, you're a human being. And so how Mm -hmm. do you, how do you balance that? It's, it's impossible, I think. And so what a, what a complex story, like what a great, fucking um i feel like uh uh achilles heel although not really it's it's his humanity that's ultimately you know leading him to this tragic end uh i just think it's such a such a great job of this story there was a there was another moment where i thought that they had left a gap for story purposes where i was like oh well that doesn't make sense but okay we'll go with it uh, and then they totally fixed it by the end. Is like <laughs> the whole idea was is that Shang Chi was supposed to go to kill the guy who killed his mother. Yes, and he tells Katie at the beginning that he didn't do that. He just he couldn't go through with it. Yes, and as that happens, I'm like, then how? Because we all know how how these stories go. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're not just allowed to roam free. Like yeah. that doesn't like why has the father not gone after him until now? And then you later find out that he actually did go through with it. And it's like, aha, that's why he didn't go after him because he did what he was supposed to do. So he had no reason to like forces, you know, perspective or whatever at that point. And it's like, right. he did what he needed to do. So if he needs to take some time, let him go take some time. Right. I was like, aha, that makes sense. I was, but, I, I was a little bummed that we didn't get to see that in flashback. Um, there's a good possibility if there's a, a second movie that we will. The second movie opens with that flashback. It, I wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> that it would wouldn't great. surprise me because it's such a defining moment of that character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my my last thoughts on Wenwu. Um, did he mention at some point that he was Genghis Khan? Yeah. He's like, I went, I've gone by many names, right? Yeah. I think, well, he says Khan is one of them. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard a couple of conflicting um explanations about the 10 rings, the name 10 rings being used in the Iron Man films. 
um, one, one explanation was that that was him and that he was after Tony Stark's technology. Mm-hmm. And the other explanation that I remember, I remember from the movie, unless I'm, I'm mistaken, is that they used his identity and his, the name of his organization to fear monger in the U S but that was not him. The, f- like the technology guy was Ten rings, like the the Iron Man one beginning, Got was it. was ten rings, like the official ten rings. Got it. Um, as Trevor was Trevor was bre- not. Trevor was not as bre- breaking out. Trevor that was also the ten rings. Right. Okay. But anything else that is quote unquote ten rings in the movies at that point is yeah. um, except for the the other. Reference that they say is definitely Ten Rings is the guy buying technology in Ant-Man 2 or Ant-Man and the Wasp. What? Where did you hear that? Yeah, the guy, one of the guys bidding on technology in the the black market auction uh, is he's got a black rings t- tattoo Holy on his shit. neck or a, a, a Ten Rings. Yeah, Ten Rings. That's so cool. Tattoo. Um, what did you think about Trevor in this movie? Um, I was very excited to see him. <laughs> but he didn't need to be in this movie. There was no point for him to be in this movie. He, like, he didn't need to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a funny, I thought it was going to be a funny throwaway cameo, which I was happy about. Like, how cool in this epic story, they're still, like, willing to, like, do this silly little scene. Mm-hmm. With Trevor. And then when he's like with them in the car, I'm like, what the f- is this like? <laughs> what's going on? Why do we still have this character along for the ride? Yeah, he was unnecessary. And then what was the name of the little furry thing? Uh, Morris. Okay, so Morris, like, how does he talk to, like, how can he talk to Morris? Like, how is this a thing? I guess he's been in there for so long. I don't know. Um, now, I may have. Uh, track down a pre-ordered Morris plush doll to order for Rosie. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> which she doesn't know about yet unless she's listening in on this from the other room. Uh, <laughs> so we were fans of Morris. Morris was yes, cute. Yes, we were fan of, fans of Morris. Um, but, and I did I did love the fact that the reason why he became an actor is because the monkeys were <laughs> pretending to ride the horses. <laughs> I just died. Like that was that was almost worth him being in it <laughs> up to that point, but he still had no purpose in this movie. I mean, I get that they needed to they needed a way to break out of uh, Wenwu's prison, and they needed a way to get to, um, oh, what's the Tao Tao Lo Tao Lo? They needed to get there ahead of Wenwu. So I. You know, and and Morris being a creature from there, you know, was able to lead them. I get that, but it felt very much like a um, uh, what what is the genre of movie that I'm talking about? Where it's like a family adventure, like a Disney family adventure, where they have like the hero, the sidekick, the the comic relief, and then mm-hmm. the like the the like Jar Jar Binks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It felt like that for a moment, and I was like, oh, no, oh, no, 
Oh no. Oh no. And and it didn't bug me as much as I was anticipating. Um I, and I was kind of surprised by that. I swear to God, I'm sitting in the theater going, "Wow, like while they're like training and like getting ready for this battle and I'm like, "Oh, this doesn't annoy me as as much, uh, you know, kudos to this film being as great as it is because I'm not as annoyed by this." Uh but right. it, it did feel unnecessary and kind of unexpected though. Well, because he didn't need he didn't need they they didn't use him except for like he he made had a couple of funny lines here and there and that was it like him playing dead at the end and then Morris like hopping on board yeah. <laughs> like adorable yeah. um, and you know he wasn't training to 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 fight he was chilling with the kids so yeah. like I I feel like they they didn't force him on like he could have been very quickly a Jar Jar Binks but right. they didn't force him on us. So I'm like, all right, we'll let this pass. And <laughs> maybe this character does good things in the future. I don't know. Um, while we're on my short, very, very short list of bad things. Um, the, the other two that I have is uh, I feel like his sister, Shang, uh, Shang-Chi's sister was shortchanged a little bit in the end. They made a, a big deal about, you know, her also mattering and her being, you know, part of the family. And and even though all the focus was on Shang-Chi, like her experience was valid and, and needed to be, you know, um, highlighted. Mm-hmm. But then like the final battle is between Shang-Chi and his father and she's uh, elsewhere. And then he dies. I felt like I felt like Wenwu's death should have been a moment for both of the siblings. Not, right. Not just Shang-Chi. And and she kind of like glances over at his body while they're riding the dragon, and I'm like, that's it, like that's her moment of like you know uh, closure for for her relationship with her father. Like that doesn't, I don't know, it felt a little shortchanged to me. Well, the entire the entire time it was happening, I was like, well, does she get five of the rings? Like, because <laughs> right. I'm thinking, okay, if if my brother had ten rings and <laughs> I I am. I feel like I'm I deserve the five rings, but then I was like, but she gets a dragon. Yeah. So that's okay. I like I can see that being a trip. No, she doesn't keep the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> the dragon is not a pet. Yeah. So like, I do feel like there's a reason for her to go back to the Ten Rings uh organization and be like, I'm gonna be I I'm assuming what's supposed to be a, the the Lady Mandarin analog. I like that. I yeah. that that did sort of shore that up for me, where I'm like, okay, at least she, maybe she has motivation for saying, well, fuck it, I'm gonna make my own empire then. Right. Well, she's already done it once. Yeah. Uh, that was a cool moment. <laughs> Aquafina's like, awesome. Like, good, yeah, good for you. <laughs> you're my personal hero. <laughs> yeah, girl power. Let's do this. Um. So yeah, I I think it's it's cool to have that other, we're starting to get this very dynamic living world where we've got Madripoor and stuff going on there. We've mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. Um, the 10 rings. We've got like, it's just really, it's, it's branching out a lot faster than it did in the first three phases. Yes. We got, uh, I feel like when we got to infinity Avengers, infinity War, we were like, Oh my God, how cool that all these characters are meeting each other. And now it's just all completely tangled up and overlapped. And when we got to Endgame, we were like, "Oh my God, the, they're traveling! Isn't this insane? All these timeline of this timeline." And now it's like we're starting. <laughs> we're starting there. But you gotta say, you gotta think is brilliant because it's like, okay, we're gonna establish time travel in the 
in Endgame, which is supposed to basically summarize and, and conclude this entire story arc. But just kind of like when you go back and you think about, oh, Quicksilver's death is to set us up for the fact that characters will die in this. Mm-hmm. The time traveling of that is to set us up for there are going to be time traveling, strange, mm-hmm. dimensional thing. Like mm-hmm. they're really good at seeding stuff in, so that by the time we get to it, the audience yeah. is like, "Yeah, sure, that works for me." Yes, yes. WandaVision seeding, you know, demons also, and like mm-hmm. evil, you know, other dimensional powers, witchcraft. I feel like they're, yeah, like <coughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, though puzzling at the time, was clearly to set up the cosmic side of Marvel, which then mm-hmm. they're fulfilling that in a big way. Um, we're seeing, you know, <laughs> it's it's no wonder that people were expecting Mephisto at some point. <laughs> like, that's right. another, right. The, the sort of, like, supernatural, you know, corner of the MCU, because we are getting Blade, we are getting, you know, probably a form of Ghost Rider at some point again. So oh, um, that would be so cool. Like a good Ghost Rider would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Tao Lo, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the way that that village was explained, I mean, they do travel through a, another to another dimension. That's where Tao Lo is, right? Yeah. A- and and their explanation is the village is on the edge of, of that civilization mm-hmm. and they're guarding that gate. That's what the people of that village have been tasked with. But Tao Lo is a whole ass other civilization. Can you, okay. So I almost want to see like what's going on in Tao Lo. Yes. Because, because that's all on the same side as the bad guy. Yes. That's <laughs> like, all over there. Like, there's bad stuff going on behind that door. Right, right. And, Joe, uh, we have a Galactus Easter egg in Shang-Chi. Oh, what's that? So, uh, this was a really cool video that was courtesy of Emergency Awesome. Um and uh, he can be a little bit all over the place in his explanations. But yes. what, I, what I was able to gather uh, or to follow was Galactus's origin in the comics is that he is just a regular guy in a his universe, his reality. Uh, and his universe is dying. And they don't know why it's dying. But it is, it is at... at in peril of being, you know, of, of non-existence. Mm-hmm. And what happened was uh, the a fear lord, which is like a an interdimensional demon, called the Dweller in Darkness, which is what they call this, <laughs> this demon in Shang-Chi, the Dweller in Darkness cracked the Emkron crystal, oh. which fractured the multiverse, and uh, basically created the, the domino effect that was threatening Galactus's universe. So Galactus, as a, as a person pre, pre-Galactus, was merged with the sentience of his universe in order to give birth to a new multiverse. And that is how he was reborn as Galactus. And Galactus is a nexus being in, in the Marvel comics. But why? Okay, so then, does it explain why he does? Uh, why he's devouring worlds? Like, what is the point of that? 
No. Or does it not say? It no. Say. I mean, he's he's reborn as Galactus. When the new multiverse emerges from his old one, mm-hmm. he is Galactus. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know, you know, what leads to his, you know, having to devour planets, but he is this being. And so the dweller in darkness is actually part of Galactus's origin in the comics. Okay, that's kind of nuts. Yeah, right. So there so what this this video was saying was Marvel is introducing the idea of these fear lords of these, you know, cuz I was watching the end of Shang-Chi and I'm like so this, okay, wait, so the dragon is the protector and this this dweller in darkness is just some evil entity? Like, it felt very one note. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's, okay, it's, why, what the hell, why, do they, why are these demons even there? Like, what is the point of the dweller in darkness? Where is it from? What is it? It's just an evil spirit? Like, what the fuck? And so when I saw this video, I was like, oh, shit, if that's going to lead to other things or like setting, maybe they're they're planting the seed, like you said, for like, you know, future stories. Well, what if what if that is what is calling to Wanda at the end of WandaVision? Oh, shit. What if it's a dweller? What if it's one of these fear eaters or whatever they were called? Oh, fear lords. Fear lords. What if it's a fear lord? Oh, I love that. I oh my god! I love. Did you because see that in the video? No, that just kind of made sense because it's like, well, well, I, okay, that's not completely true because they have they've have re- referenced the fact that whatever demon wrote the dark hold is one of these fear demons as well. Yeah, but I just not until just the second one we were talking about fear lords. I was like, well, if they promise you the thing you'd most desire. Yes. And they're calling to these people telepathically. Yes. Like what better way than to pretend that you're one of this woman's lost children. That's the thing she wants the most in life. That's brilliant. I love that. Okay. You just blew yeah. my mind a little bit. Okay. Uh- awesome. <laughs> I'm like, yay. Recovering. <laughs> I like when we have moments like this. Um, <laughs> Uh, the only other thing that I was a little disappointed by in this movie was that they didn't pay off the death dealer character in some grand way. Yeah, he got kind of like sucked up real quick, right? <laughs> Wait, that's it? That okay? <laughs> uh, the the death dealer is the one with the I I don't know what kind of warrior you call him, but he's got the painted face mask. Oh, so cool! Such a cool visual. Yeah, very cool visual. Darth Maul um, vibe. Darth Maul vibes. Very much so, yeah. Like just <laughs> the silent, the silent, spooky warrior. Yeah. Um, yep. And we all love. I think we all love Razor Fist because he's just kind of like. Oh God! He's, yeah. He he's really cool in the bus, and then he's just completely derpy after that. Yeah, I was kind of at one point. I was like, why? Why give this character so much weight? Like Death Dealer looks way more cool. <laughs> because apparently apparently Razor Fist is a huge Shang-Chi villain. Like oh. this is like a heavy like and this is a character that's kind of toe-to-toe with Wolverine. Got it. Okay. Well, I mean it's really easy to expect something from every character on screen because I think that most characters really added a lot. Like the whole mm-hmm. cast of characters in this movie brought something to the story. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, people think that we're gonna get his origin in Shang-Chi 2. Oh, cool. All right. I'm down for that. Um, last thing. My, 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 my last thing about this movie. 
And this concerns the main character, Shang-Chi himself. Uh, is he part dragon or does he have some sort of dragon DNA? Is that, I mean, I know the metaphor is that he has a, a the dra- the protector's dragon's heart, but mm-hmm. di- did they say at some point that his mother, Ying Li, is descended from the great protector dragon? I don't think they did. I think it is metaphorical, but I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I could have sworn that her, his aunt says that at some point that uh, that's why she's the protector of the village when Wenwu first finds it. Mm-hmm. That she's out there because she is a descendant of the dragon. And I'm like, okay, okay if Ying Li is, and that's Shang Chi's mom, then is he? Is that why he's able to wield the power? that red orange colored power at the end, the way his mom did when she first faced off against Wenwu. Yeah. I'm not sure. I haven't heard that on anything, Okay, but um, that, that definitely is something to look into. Cause yeah, I haven't heard that, but I, I was also looking for it. So, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, obviously I'm going to be seeing this movie again as soon as possible <laughs> uh, um, because there was so much to take in. And after the fact, you're trying to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it and build some notes for this podcast. I'm like, wait, did they, because it seemed like the, the people in the village for the most part are you know great warriors, but they're they're using weapons that are that are made from the dragon scales, right? Right, right. And so they're not all using this like wind magic like force to to fight, but Ying Li did Shang Chi's mm-hmm. mom, and Shang Chi does by the end. And so does the ant. The ant. Oh, that's right. The ant does too. So I'm just that that has me thinking like okay where's the connection there are, are they drawing a line straight from the protector dragon which looked fucking amazing by the way yeah it was pretty cool like and I I at first I was like is this fing fang foom but it's not right right um and it's all I mean all of the creatures looked amazing the the whole the design the concept art for everything uh at, at Tao Lo looked awesome yeah and I love Michelle Yeoh yeah. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh is wonderful. I'm glad that they did just leave her as Alex, Alex, Alexia, mm-hmm. or um, what was the, what's her character's name in Guardians? Oh, that's right. She's one of the original, uh, not Ravage or well, Ravagers, but there. Well, you, I think, pointed out to me that they represent the the original Guardians of the Galaxy team. Yeah, it's the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, looking, looking, Alita. Okay. The character's name is Alita. Um, yeah. So that I always thought that that was a cool reference, but I was like, she's such a good character, and that's unless you're going to bring them back, like <laughs> don't just waste her on that. And the same thing, I felt the same thing about um, Gemma Chang, and I'm so glad that they didn't leave her as uh, a Cree in um, Captain Marvel. Oh, that's right. She's in Eternals, right? Yeah, she's gonna be she's gonna be Cersei, which is really the only Eternal that in the comics becomes a uh, an Avenger. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh my god, there's so much to anticipate from Marvel. Yeah, like it just never stops, and I don't want it to. <laughs> I don't want it to. Don't don't take that as me wanting it to. I don't want it to. But the, oh my god, yeah. 
this movie did feel like a somewhat of a reset, not a reset, but it, it it's a it's more or less a self-contained origin story, sort of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt big in a way that it almost feels like you know without the scrolls and without the you know the eternals and without the uh, all the timeline stuff it did it feel like it brought it feels like it broadened the mcu yeah it definitely opened up another side of it that we hadn't seen yet and i'm excited for other origin stories from more characters that we're going to get to meet knowing that they're just getting better at it. They're getting better at doing this. Which blows Yeah, I, I I just like it's I want the rest of the movies now. <laughs> like I'm yeah. not it's so hard to be patient. And we're getting one next month. We're getting Eternals next month and then I don't think we have anything in or is Eternals in November? It's in November. Okay, so we got nothing next month but then we have uh, Eternals next uh, in November and then we have Spider-Man in December. Yes. And is it February when we get Doctor Strange? Oh, God. Are you serious? It's. <laughs> I feel like it, I'm going to have to process this movie for a while, but I only have a month or two months to process this movie. Well, and you know, we like I've seen this several times now on the internet where – it's like we're still processing 2020 and we're only a few months away from 2022. Yeah. Seriously. Which is just kind of mind blowing at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting, uh, so we just got Shun Chi. We're getting Eternals on November 5th. So the beginning of November, uh, we're getting Spider-Man no way home in December. Uh, and then it says this list says Dr. Strange is coming out in March. Okay. That's still not too far off. And then Thor Love and Thunder in May. And we have all the... Do we know what the schedule for Disney Plus stuff is? Um, This does not include... Oh, wait. Disney Plus. Here we go. Uh, Loki, August. Uh, I'm sorry. What If in August. Uh, Hawkeye in November. So we're getting both the Eternals at the beginning of November and Hawkeye at the end of November. Ms. Marvel late 2021, so that's probably that's got to be December. Yeah, or just right at the new year. Yeah, and the thing um, is that all of these shows and movies are going to be introducing other characters too, besides just the the title characters. And we still don't have an Avengers five, which is kind of nuts. Like it's not even it's not even been. And I I know why they're not because once they announce it, you're going to know who the oh the bad guys are. Like if it's well, going to be. If it's going to be, well, you'll at least know what power level we'll be working on. Like, you'll know if it's going to be the street level group or if it's going to be the cosmic level group. Not until they release a trailer. They can just say, this is the release date for the next Avengers movie. And we don't know anything beyond that. Right. But yeah, they would have to say the next Avengers movie. And I don't think they'll announce it until they actually announce what the title is going to be. Well, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is set for next July. And there's all kinds of characters rumored to, to be introduced in that movie. Namor and who else? Um, oh, God. They, I just watched a video and they were talking about... Oh, I have to go back and watch it again. I didn't make notes. 
But I remember thinking like, whoa, okay, so <laughs> it might even be a character that's popping up again. Or I think it was a character from a Disney Plus series that's that was introduced there and is, is rumored to be showing up in Black Panther because they're filming it right now. Right. I'm, I'm very interested to see what that is all about because it's like, how do you do a Black Panther movie without T'Challa? Yeah, apparently they cracked it. They cracked the story. Yeah. But I mean, you've got, so you've got Thor, Love and Thunder, which I, I still, like, I haven't heard anything about this, <laughs> but I don't know how you do a story about a god killer, which basically talks about the Greek pantheon and not get Hercules. Like, how do we not get Hercules out of this? But I've heard no mention of Hercules in this at all. What? I have. Have you? Yeah. Um, Russell Crowe. Are Crow. you sure it's not just me? Russell no, Crow. Russell Crowe is Zeus. Oh, I thought he was Hercules. Okay. No, but that's what I'm saying. If Zeus is in it, like, how do you not have Hercules? It's all about somebody going around and killing gods. Like, but I've heard absolutely nothing about Hercules being in this movie, and it's like the perfect way to introduce them, unless he's going to be a um, a stinger. Hmm. Right. Right, because that would be introducing a, a pretty major Marvel hero character, right? And I mean, I guess they could make him the villain of the next movie who blames Thor for the death of of Zeus kind of thing. I mean... You love Hercules. <laughs> I do love Hercules. I know. Because I, I, want, I want a Hercules-Thor moment because yeah. they're great in the comics together. They're so good. And especially with Chris uh, Hemsworth's portrayal. Mm-hmm. And I still think it needs to be Jason Momoa. Like I don't know, I don't know how you don't do that. Like it's just perfect. So I'm looking. I'm trying to look at this list, this slate uh, of releases for Marvel this year and next year. And I'm wondering, do you remember when they first announced a bunch of release dates? And originally, Captain America was announced. Uh, Captain America Two was announced as what was it? Hail Hydra or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then it turned out to actually be civil war. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at these release dates going, could any of these potentially be the next Avengers movie, but they're just like selling it as something different. Um, I don't think so. I mean, cause I mean, Thor is supposed to do some heavy lifting black Panther. You've already said is doing heavy. Yes. lifting. The Marvels. I cannot wait for because like, that's just going to be nuts because we know that Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, and um, Monica Rambeau are all in it. Right. It's so it's, and all iterations of Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. But we know nothing beyond that. We just know it's the Marvels. And I wonder if we're getting Nova in the Marvels. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. And then Quantumania is going to be crazy go nuts and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And then somewhere in there, we're getting uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, holiday special, (laughs) which is going to be just ridiculous in all the right ways. Yeah. It's so great that they do wacky stuff like that. All right. I'm, I'm, when is Shang-Chi streaming? I don't know. I think they said the first 45 days, right, is going to be in theaters. Okay. And then it'll be on Disney Plus. Now, will we have to pay for it when it first drops on Disney Plus, or will it just drop? Uh, 
Yeah, I'm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I remember them. I remember reading that it is going to be uh, in theaters for about a month, a month and a half. Okay. Um, it says opening wide August thirteenth. Um, no, it's not announced if it's going to be premiere access or not. Oh, I, I want to see this movie again. I don't want to go to the theater and see it again, but I want to see it again. We may have to wait for a little bit. We may have to wait for a hot minute. I almost tried to watch it again this weekend before we wrote <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> um, right. I think, I mean, is there anything else we need to talk about? I'm trying to think of, oh, yes, there is. There is the stinger. We yeah. didn't talk about the stinger, so if we have let's cover that really quick. So Bruce Banner, not Hulk, not Professor Hulk. Yeah, you know what? You, I didn't, I didn't catch that until <laughs> later on watching a video. Oh yeah, he was supposed to have merged Hulk and Banner together, but we mm-hmm. get him here as Banner. Mm-hmm. So does this mean that he can choose to go back and forth? Like now he has control over the transformation. It's very possible, but. Um, People are saying that the big reason, and I hope this is not the case, is that they, although I guess it kind of has to be, um, they don't want to pay for Hulk CGI for this little stinger and for um, all of She-Hulk. Right, right. So he'll he'll Hulk out in She-Hulk, but he won't be the Hulk the entire time. Right. And what makes me think that that might be the the reason why they may not do that is maybe not just because of CGI, but because the whole reason why Jennifer Walters becomes She-Hulk is through a blood transfusion Mm -hmm. with the Hulk. Mm -hmm. And how do you blood transfusion the Hulk if the Hulk is hulked out? Right. How do you pierce his skin with a needle? Right. So it would make sense that he would have to be Bruce Banner at the time. Maybe. I mean, I... (sighs) That would be pretty cool if we see that. Mm-hmm. If we see him as the Hulk trying to say, you know, Bruce Banner, like Smart Hulk, mm-hmm. trying to save his cousin's life and realizing at the hospital that he needs to turn back into Banner in order to save her life. Dude. That would be cool. Dude. That's huge. That would be great. And like, why is his arm hurt too? We got, I'm just kidding. i was like oh matt (laughs) (laughs) that that would be a pretty cool scene though yeah that would be a very good that would be a very cool scene and then it would make a lot of sense and he's like maybe his arm like he you know his in pain or whatever all over again i don't know that yeah that would be great um which suggests which suggests that by the time shang chi has happened she hulk is already she hulk if that's right right um Apparently, they chose the the Avengers that were going to be present in that first stinger. They chose at the last minute. Yeah. Uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, who directed Shang-Chi, has apparently worked with uh, Brie Larson on, on a project before. Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, you know, I guess that's one of the things people are pointing at going like, oh, maybe they wanted to work together again. And he found a way to sort of like, you know, do that, and include her in the in the stinger. Um, 
I thought it was cool that they, because Captain Marvel's absence is such a, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal at this point. It's a part of her character and, and right. her responsibility for the whole universe that she's not just like around and easily accessible. No, no. Uh, so, you know, the fact that they were all zooming into, um, uh, where, what is Dr. Strange's or, or Wong? He's at the Car- Carmitage, is it called? Was he at Car? Isn't he's in the library, right? Yeah, but was he in the library? Or was he in the Sanctum Sanctorum? Oh, maybe he was. Maybe he was. Uh, yeah, that would make more sense. You're right. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really cool scene, and I thought uh, they did a much better job. I was kind of thankful that it that that felt like a part of the MCU, like that sort of grounded this whole amazing film more firmly into the MCU. And I, I well, that and the, and the fight club, like the fact that there were just these little moments of characters that we'd seen before that helped us kind of go, okay, you know, this is still the Marvel universe. It was like, they dipped into it and then they pulled out and then they dipped back into it at the end. Right. Well, but I feel like they stepped into it at the end. Like I, it, it, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it was kind of like a win. Like I said before, I was kind of nervous about the Wong abominations. I'm like, that felt a little too random. Mm-hmm. So, so that first finger, like for me, I, I kind of breathed a little sigh of relief. Like, okay, this, they're firmly rooting this in the MCU. And we find out that not only does no one know what the hell the rings are or where they've come from, but they're sending a beacon. Mm-hmm. What the hell do you think that is? Some people say it's signaling the Celestials. Some people it's signaling Galactus. Some people have said it's, um, well, there was also a quote in one of the, the Avengers movies, Thor said something about the the use of the Tesseract indicated that to the to the entire universe that Earth was ready for oh right like joining joining wars. I forget exactly what the quote is, but it's like they're they're ready for the next level, and people yes. are start coming here and messing with us because they now know you're. Basically, <laughs> you've reached the nuclear age, and you've people are going to start squaring off. Yeah, you've leveled up. Oh man, cool! How are we getting Fantastic Four at the end of this? I I don't like those two. <laughs> I still, you know, it's going to be brilliant. But how are we getting Fantastic Four? And when the hell are we getting mutants? Oh, that's got to be a ways off. Still, why would they even? At, at what point does it feel cluttered? <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> As a Marvel geek, I can't believe I'm saying that. But at what point does it feel like too much to keep track of? Right, and I do want them to. I want them to take their time with uh, with X Men. I want. I kind of want the original five X Men just left alone. And I and I, honestly, there is nothing that says that the original five X-Men have to all be white. I almost kind of hope that they start playing with yeah. their, their ethnicity. Yeah, for sure. Um, my thing about getting the five original X-Men and starting from there is that there are stories that involve not just the X-Men, but Avengers and certain X-Men interacting mm-hmm. that I would hate to miss out on because all these actors are aging and by the time we get an X-Men there's no opportunity to have you know Captain America or whoever you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah I mean 
Um, I want to see. I want to see the Beast in Avengers. I would. <laughs> yeah, you're such a geek. That would be great. I, I am a geek. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing a a not fully formed, but like uh, a further along iteration of the X Men, and then maybe on a Disney Plus thing, maybe some some other project. Seeing like a flashback to like getting us flashback story arc of the original okay. five. Like that I, I could see that. I could definitely see that, and that means you would start with um, with the Chris, Chris Claremont X Men, which is the really giant, kind of the defining the giant size X Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's I can't believe we're talking about all this. This is amazing. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, let's let's wrap things up. Um, any shout outs this week? <laughs> I didn't see anyone, Joe. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I'm back. I'm hunkered down, man. I even just going to the theater was a trip. Like I know the only other time we've been to the theater in the last year is year and a half is to see Black Widow, and things felt a little bit safer around that time. Things right. don't really feel that great now. So, yeah, I don't. I mean, poor Rosie. Like she bears the brunt of all my like <laughs> engagement. Shout out to Rosie for being a trooper and like really just you know rolling i mean she is she is dating a geek and she (laughs) knows it now there's no way around it um and yet she remains up for everything and excited and enthusiastic so you know this is someone who had never had any sort of uh, engagement with anything geek and now she's just she's all in so yeah that's awesome yeah um i want to do a shout out to chelsea and to uh Ninja on uh, oh yeah on, on Slack. We didn't get to all their comments, and you know we will definitely um, talk about them a little bit. But it's it's very like it's very cool to be able to just kind of know. All right, when I'm done seeing this movie, I can go back to our our Slack and talk about it with all these wonderful people. So mm-hmm. thank you for being there for us to just like geek out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geek2Dude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows such as the Geek2Geek podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, and Sometimes Rob, and our newest podcast, Farming Simulated. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule, J Bama, Shocks, Troidal Power, and Geen. And make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can cut where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? You can find me online and only online because I ain't going nowhere. Uh, <laughs> I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at RayVargus3. Uh, and you can go to my website to check out my artwork at RayVargus3.com. Awesome. I think next week we're coming back with episodes four and five. We talked a little bit about episode four of um, – What if? But if this week, but we've got episode five next week and we'll go into a little bit of uh, – Uh, A little bit more about all the stuff that's culminating in the Marvel Universe right now. Mm -hmm. But until then, this week, remember, keep it geek. Geek.